It used to be called the Holy Grail of dog training, teaching a dog duration of a behavior. You know, the three Ds, distance, duration, distraction. We already blew up the language about distraction. It's nothing more than a disrupting event with its own relevant cues. Listen to the Learning About Dogs podcast on the fade-in protocol. That was a good one. But maybe we have been using the wrong language for wanting to teach a dog to hold their station. This is the Learning About Dogs podcast for people who love learning about dogs. I'm Sue McGuire, the manager of a canine behavior program at a nonprofit animal shelter north of San Francisco. And with me is Kay Lawrence of Learning About Dogs. Kay says teaching duration has become a muddy pool of very mixed creatures because we human handlers do manage to muck it up a bit. Talk to my clients about it. I say that I think that uh, sometimes dogs think that just doing a quit sit is sit and humans version of sit is sit and stick it for a while and stay for a while. And I've often heard in the past that duration is technically a concept uh, that that dogs need to acquire and learn in a in a, in a layer above the initial behavior. Well, is is that correct? Well, let's go back a bit here. Um, so, if a client thinks that sit is you sit until you're told you can leave the table, then that's their perception of sit being something that I need you to stop what you're doing and me not worry about you while you're in the sit. So, in other words, it's um. It, it gives the, the person a moment to not have to bother about the dog. Uh, to me, sit is something entirely different. It's a um, position a dog holds in preparation of something else, not a, a way to get the dog out of my sight for a moment or two. So mm-hmm. depending on... Well, yes, you know, it goes back to why, why you're teaching, what you're teaching and how we're teaching it. You know, so... Um, you know, if I sat down at the table, we had to ask to leave the table because that was the generation. You just didn't get up and walk away once you've eaten. Um, oh, no, you always yes, said, may, but may I table, be excused, please? please. Yes. Or you'd be sent from the table because mm-hmm. something you did. So um, <laughs> I think you've got to look at it one way or the other. Everything you say is something that you do until you're told to do something else. Then all your reinforcers are likely to be delivered for what you're doing. So if you sit, I'll feed you food in the sit. Um, but then if you want the dog to sit in preparation of a retrieve or um, start with agility line, that's a quite different energy that they're having to sit with. They're having to sit and hold themselves ready to zoom off. So if I was sitting at the table waiting for food to come, that would be different than sitting at the table watching other people eat the food I've just cooked. <laughs> so so yeah, once indeed. you change the indeed. context of something our understanding of how we teach it has to change as well exactly so mm-hmm. um use your question okay. you're in charge of the reinforcers what's the reinforcer available for what you want so if you need a dog to stop being a nuisance or just behave because you have to do something like um talk to somebody else open the car door, those bits and pieces. I would just use the cue to wait there. Yeah, so just hold your position and wait there for me means you're going to get breakfast where you are, breakfast in bed. It could be a sit. I could be combing somebody's ears out, which means you need to wait there while I comb your ears out. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to sit. 
it doesn't mean you have to lie down. It just means you have to hold that location. And if you hold that location, I will do waiter service. Food's going to come to you. So my cue then is added mm -hmm. onto the behavior. So if it was sit or down or stand, it would be stand and wait there. So under those conditions, I don't use a marker. I don't use a clicker. I would just keep the weight there to give them information that food is coming to you. Interesting. So you don't, so, so we can go through all the permeations of people of taught duration, delaying the marker, delaying the reinforcer, not necessarily. Well, so. it's what, what's the information you're giving to the dog? Um, under those conditions, it usually means silence until you hear something else means hold your position. But then that can also mean silence could mean try something else. It could also mean I'm not very impressed by that, but I don't know what else to do. It could also mean, uh, do I want to click this or not? You know, the silence of just withholding information, the click or, or, or whatever, it's, it can be so hard on the dog to know which type of silence you're you're giving off. And we do give off lots of different types of silence, you know. So and it, we, we come back to this traditional training again where a stay is a basic exercise. It's a foundation obedience exercise that shows you have mastery of the dog. And then I think it was adapted to please the people that thought they needed a stay. So let's work out how we can make clicker training work for a stay type of exercise. Um, if I use a click, it means the reinforce is going to start. For most of my dogs, when they hear a click, they animate straight away because my reinforcer is nearly always animated. If I'm going to give them breakfast in bed, the breakfast in bed would be arriving at the time I would have clicked. So the information is coming from my delivery protocol, not from the, the marker. Hmm. Okay. That, that makes complete sense to me. But I also see the holdover a lot. I see that, that, that there is an awful lot of, how do I build duration? Do I sit stay, yeah. stay, stay, stay? Well, that yeah, happened 20 that. years ago, yeah. you know, where you're trying to teach the dog sure. to, you're trying to take away what you didn't want, which was basically moving. So the dog moved and you told it off. So then you had to keep propping up this dog that was now quite anxious about what was wrong. You stay there, stay, don't you move. And so they ended up staying because they were too frightened mm. to move. Well, that's not, a way to teach exactly. anything to do something for longer. <laughs> you know? I can just imagine you putting your hand on the tables and I'm, going, I'm, I'm not going to hit it with a hammer. I'm going to hit the hammer right between your fingers. So you stay there and I'm going, oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> this is going to hurt. I don't know what to do. Yeah, so we can't just prop something up because we oh, haven't dear. taught it well. This is, um, this is just indicating that you haven't taught it well if you have to keep telling the dog what to do. Well, maybe we just need to change the language then. What are we, what are, what is our goal? Um, what is, what's the language? Well, this is where I say, for? you know, if you're having a lion, I say, have a lion, stay in bed. Breakfast is coming. Oh, cool. Good. I like that. Cool. So, you know, uh, I look at, I, I don't tend to word the duration. If I want the dog to hold location, I would just say, wait there. Now that could be at a doorway or it could be while I'm putting them on a lead. I don't need the butt to park the floor. I just need them to be still whilst I do something. Yep. And the reward for that means it's coming to you. You don't have to go fetch it or it's it's not going to run across the floor or anything. But just as equally, if I'm training mm -hmm. a dog to do what I call a frozen stillness, um, in the sense that I'm, I might be asking the dog to do something with their feet or to look in a certain direction or... Um, 
add on another behavior onto the down. So it would be, might be down, hold the down, then roll over. Then I would have a different context of what's happening. We've then got a third type of stillness, which is in preparation of accelerating something like um, a retrieve or jumping that type of stillness you know that's a completely different context that means you've got to hold your energy and gather it all up so that you can spring into action as soon as the release word is heard well that's not the same as breakfast in bed you know if you give a release word to breakfast in bed you like to end up with breakfast all over the bed you know because the dog sprang up just as equally yeah. if i've taught breakfast yeah, yeah. in bed and i have it at the beginning of a start line the dog's like oh, no no you can bring it here that's all right i'll wait <laughs> so so we need to be clear yeah. what type of sustained immobility you're looking for the energy of it is quite different the way the dog does it would be quite different so if it's a sit and you say, hey, sit, it's breakfast in bed, the dog will sit and then most of their muscles will relax as they wait for breakfast in bed to come. But if you sit in preparation of, I'm going to throw this and then you get to go go over a jump and get it, that dog is going to sit full of anticipation. Their weight is probably going to be on their front feet and they'll be looking at what you're going to throw. So that looks like a completely different behavior. You might use a, a quite different word for that. But we can't mix up the two. You don't get to use one as the generic, just park your butt and I don't care how you do it. Because what you're going to get is a dog that's like, um, I don't know which one's coming here. Which one do you want me to do? So, you know, we need to be clear. Yeah. Clear what we do. And it goes back, yeah, it goes back to um, in, the, in the process of teaching the behavior. This is this one. Yeah. And this yep. is that yep. one. This is your reinforcement pattern for this one. This is the reinforcement If you, if you lock in a reinforcement one. pattern to um, a specific behavior so if i want the dog to wait for breakfast in bed and it's in a down position i'll probably ask them to settle onto one hip now if they settle onto one hip it's always breakfast in bed but if i've got the dog in a down ready to go around the sheet he wouldn't be settled and he wouldn't be getting food in the down going around the sheet would be the reinforcer um so the actual physical positioning of the dog probably gives them more information as to what likely to happen Yes. And the yes, context. Yes, yes for yes. sure. Don't you think? Yep. Yeah. So yeah. he wouldn't do it. If I, if I see sheep out there, I'm going. Well, Bleh. again, you know, you watch um, somebody work a dog on sheep and they'll often say, you know, lie down, lie down. They don't actually want the dog to lie down. They want the dog just to hold position. But, you know, the dogs work this out that they need to steady up because the sheep need to go slower. So we need to be able to say to the dog, hold your position, let the sheep move a bit further away from you or whatever. And often it's not about the position. It's just about wait there, stand there. Or blast you dog, stand there. <laughs> blast the sheep. And then, then yell yes, it yes. several more times. The first guy I worked for, I thought his dog yes. was called Blast. I really thought his dog was called Blast, you dog. <laughs> <laughs> certainly responded to the name blast anyway <laughs> well certainly the dog has attached some sort of meaning to that blast and used, you know the dog would be looking at the sheep and yeah, then he'd look out of his eyes sideways and sort of wink and think yeah down that hill down there there's no way you can stop me i'm going to do what i'd like <laughs> yep <laughs> last dog that's actually blast. kind of a good yep. name for a dog <laughs> yeah yeah so let's talk about the um, the using of um, a stillness, uh, the natural stillness that, that dogs will do when they're about ready to launch into something. How do you use that? In well, uh, I think every dog has a certain degree of 
predatory behaviour that's more accessible in some dogs than others. So certain dogs have this close to the surface and it's it's up to us to often just release that behaviour. So um, if you watch sheepdog puppies, they will often stalk each other at seven, eight weeks old, you know, so they're being around each other often releases the sheepdog herding behaviours. Just secretly, I've got a photograph of all the Gordon setters standing in a row at about six weeks old, pointing the chickens. <laughs> now, they both do the same predatory stalk, <laughs> but the stimulus for it is entirely different. So for the for the gun dogs, it's a bird. And for the sheep dogs, it would be sheep or movement that triggers it. And they don't cross over. You know, even though they live together, my dogs, the Gordons have never pointed on sheep and the, the Border Collies have never pointed on pheasants. You know, so they, they're so... Um, strongly bred for so many generations that they can't swap that predatory behavior from one or the other. But could we train them to do a predatory behavior that looks the same, but in actual fact, we reward it with food? Absolutely, I think so. Um, so I would sit with the puppy. If the dog's already learned to do real life stalking, you don't tend to get to do what I call play stalking. And that stillness for something like... Um, agility or retrieve is what I call play stalking because you're not actually going out to kill which is the purpose of the sheepdogs and the setters um, so I would sit with the, the youngster and I would probably put my hand across the front of their chest make sure they know I've got a piece of food toss it ahead of them and just hold on as they try to go and get the piece of food now they're only just pushing against your hand I don't use it on the collar because I don't want them choking on the on the front of their collar um, and as they suddenly go still and watch it I'll let them go so as soon as they naturally still and looking at the piece of food I'll let them go now within a few goes you can actually get them to sit perfectly still and watch a piece of food thrown so that stillness is waiting to be emerged it's not something we make them do by taking away movement. And because we always start with what's the reinforcer, this is easy because you've got the reinforcer of cook it, that piece of food. Under these conditions, it's not breakfast in bed. Yeah. Um, yeah clearly. But if I'm doing something like um, playing with a toy with the sheepdogs and they go into predatory sheepdog mode, under those conditions, if I try and give them a piece of food, they would be appalled absolutely appalled because this predatory behavior actually shuts down their digestive system to the point where they couldn't eat a piece of food under those conditions they won't even breathe normally so they could have been chasing a ball for two or three minutes and then you ask them to watch the ball as you throw it and they will probably shut their mouth and shut their breathing down because you can't stalk something and be panting at the same time because i think what you're stalking could probably hear that you're coming so that mouth shutting is part of the predatory stalking behavior that allows the dog to get closer to what they intend to chase or kill. So under those conditions, giving them a piece of food is is truly offensive, truly offensive. And not only would they not take it, they probably couldn't swallow it. And if they swallowed it, you got them to do that, it will probably just sit dead in their stomach, you know, because the, um, the system is not functioning at that time. It's a little bit, I mean, you know, most of us have experienced high sense of excitement or nerves and you've eaten and it just sits like a lump of lead in your stomach and you think two hours mm -hmm, later mm -hmm. this is not nice this is not right <laughs> really uncomfortable yes i need to yes, get rid of this yes yes do um so that's an interesting idea that do you train 
purposely with toys in certain scenarios and then purposely playing with food in certain scenarios to build these different kinds of predatory um, Yes, yes. I mean, if you, if, you need, if you need to train a dog, so something like a setter to point on prey or a sheepdog to work sheep, if you can set up a simulator environment like um, the sheepdogs will work other dogs, so I used to have one dog that would stand and watch the tennis ball and his daughter would work him as he was a pseudo sheep. Now, I taught her all her cues to go left and right while her father stood and watched the tennis ball that was under my foot. And he ever only ever learned to stand still when he then heard her cues to go left and right. So if you then work them as a pair of dogs on the sheep, if he heard her cue go left, he would just stand still, which is a dance that easier to manage the dogs than have them all running you know, one dog's on, he goes left on left and she goes left on signal and he goes right on right and she goes right on answer, you know, and you go, oh my God, which dog's which? Yeah. And then each dog not only has words, mm-hmm. it has whistles as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you can, hmm. by controlling what the prey is, it gives both the learner and the teacher time to set the dog up for success. So we use a fluffy toy on the end of a lunge whip, yes, and we teach the gun dogs how to, this will come down or it'll be moving in the grass ahead of them. They'll naturally freeze to look at it. And under those conditions, I can compare pair in the way I can pair, P-A-I-R, that behavior with a cue to look and as soon as she hears the word look, she'll freeze. She might not be able to see anything, but that doesn't matter because I could be smelling the bird and she will just freeze where she is. You have to be careful because I did fall over once when I said that. <laughs> Straight over. Oh. Um, yeah, they freeze, really do freeze. Whatever they're doing, they'll just stop dead. But that the reinforcer for that then is the ability to either flush or chase. So again, under those conditions, if you then walk in and try and give them a piece of food, it'll start to take away that predatory mm. anticipation, which then reduces the power of the strength of that behavior. So be very, very careful about the reinforcer for whatever well, you're Well, yes, we start operating. with what's the reinforcer I'm going to use for this. And, and that predatory stalk, the reinforcer, would be going forward to work or going forward to hold something that's likely to escape. And if you try and use a piece of food, but I can get a piece of food to simulate those conditions. Yep. So it's a chase onto a piece of food. Oh. Okay. So describe how. That okay. Might so work. that's the puppy that sits, and then I flick the food across the floor, and they watch it go, and they go completely still mm-hmm. as they watch it go, and because they've gone still, I then let them chase after the piece of food. Yep. And that that'll mm-hmm. build up to a a really long distance send away. You know, you can get the dog to run in a really long straight line for that later on. Okay. So, and then in those two scenarios, you're just working on the stillness. You do not care in what position. Um, to me, the energy of the behavior has probably got to come first. For the border collies, just being able to stop dead and hold the sheep, they're pretty much free to adopt whatever position is comfortable to them. Some dogs never lie down. Some dogs will always lie down. Probably you could say 99.9% would never ever sit in a predatory sheep working situation. It just doesn't happen. Um, again, the Gordons, I would not think I've ever seen the setters lie down 
to freeze. They pretty much always stand. And again, I've not seen them sit. And they'll do the classic stand with one foot in the air. But so will border collies. They'll stand with one foot lifted as well. Um, mm-hmm. Now, if I then yeah. need to say, teach the dog to sit in preparation of um, a send away or a retrieve, I could ask for the cue which says we're about to work and look for something that you might need to chase or kill, which puts the dog into a, ooh, what's coming? And under those mm-hmm. conditions, then I would ask for sit before I add on the watch it. Yeah, so the sit comes first and I can add on that energy of, are you ready in the sit? after they're set. But if I start with the, are you ready, watch it, and then say sit, you're unlikely to get the sit because, again, that predatory behaviour is not designed to do fast movement. And we often see this. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you often see this. We have an obedience exercise, which is the stand sitting down, yeah, and the dog has to hold position at God knows how many feet from you. And people like to train it for a toy because they throw the toy when the dog does the behaviour. But if the collie has become predatory and anticipating you throwing the toy and if you say to them sit you'll see one of the slowest sits that ever dog ever does because of this predatory stillness the stillness is designed to stop your prey knowing you are there so if you say you want the dog to do a nice little perky sit when they've just gone on to a, a stillness and anticipation of the ball their brains are going this is a completely different function i can't do this here at all i can't respond at the moment so they slow down tremendously slow down tremendously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i see that um, i've seen that you know, yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. but this is about understanding how the dogs have been or how we have selected dogs to function for certain behaviors and when people are picking up border collies to do other activities you don't get to wipe out the heritage you know if they see movement and they need to stop movement they need to stop movement and it might be traffic kids on skateboards or whatever they're going to want to stop it and if they can't stop it they're going to get frustrated we can't just say oh well, i don't want that part of the border collie <laughs> i want the other bits but not that part mm-hmm. it would take generations mm-hmm. to breed mm-hmm. it out mm-hmm. and even then it can it can pop back up on you with, without any you know any warning We are going to continue this discussion on hold your station ideas in our next episode. One of the best ways to help support this podcast is to rate and review us on iTunes. And for more information and great articles about teaching dogs, check out learningaboutdogs.com. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tell a friend.